Hi, Mark Rabin here. My upcoming book, The Mistakes That Make Us. In the book, I share insights and strategies for cultivating a culture of learning, improvement, and innovation. A place where mistakes are embraced as opportunities for growth and punishment is recognized as counterproductive. To learn more about The Mistakes That Make Us, visit mistakesbook.com. Hi, it's Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 324 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post that I published November 29th, 2022. It's titled, GE's Larry Culp on making it safe for bad news to flow to the CEO or other leaders. So following up on my blog post about GE CEO Larry Culp's AME keynote speech, that was episode 323, just previous here in this podcast series, I wanted to share some of the discussion from um, what he called uh, a fireside chat absent the fire with um, Katie Anderson. And if you if you actually want to hear Katie and I um, reflect and, and share highlights from all of that from both our perspectives, you can find that in the most recent episode of um, the Lean Blog Interviews podcast. You can search for that um, wherever you're listening to this, or I'll put a link to that in the show notes. That's episode 464 of Lean Blog Interviews. So Larry, during that fireside chat, he observed that as a second time CEO, he was previously CEO at Danaher, he has to be aware that, quote, bad news does not typically travel fast. People can be overly deferential. Is that a problem in your organization? That's, that's the question I would tack on to that. Again, bad news does not typically travel fast. People can be overly deferential, as Larry said. Now, Timothy R. Clark, the author of the book, The Four Stages of Psychological Safety, talks about the need for leaders to react constructively to bad news. Doing so builds psychological safety when people are rewarded for the vulnerable act of bringing bad news forward or up the chain. Katie Anderson asked Larry Culp a question to dig deeper into the flow of bad news. Um, Katie asked, you know, she wants to talk about, ask about having a culture where it's okay to have failures, to have mistakes, and to learn from them. How do you, how important do you think it is to build that into your leadership practice and culture? Well, Larry replied, well, I've seen a number of examples over my career where bad news has not traveled fast, and it can be fatal, meaning not life or death like healthcare problems could be, but fatal, harmful to the business. Larry shared an example from his time as CEO of Danaher, where they acquired many companies. As Larry was visiting one of those companies that they were considering purchasing, he said, quote, I remember vividly somebody saying during the course of due diligence, we no longer talk about bad news. It has been deemed bad for morale, end of quote. Would you run away screaming at this sign of a bad culture? Larry leaned in. Since it had that company had great technology and great people, he said, if that's been the mindset, this company can be turned around because we'll let the bad news in. We'll deal with that reality. We'll work those problems, end of quote. So my takeaway from that anecdote is that culture can be changed. The ability to change the culture can be a competitive advantage for leaders who know how to do so. The flow of bad news I would add, must lead to problem solving. Larry said, we'll work those problems. If we make it psychologically safe for employees to speak up, leaders also need to make sure it's worth their while to do so. 
So just to sidetrack for a minute, you know, even if we eliminate fear, one thing I've learned is that we also have to lim- eliminate another F word, futility, as we've learned from the research of um, Ethan Burris, a-, a professor at the University of Texas, Austin. There's a blog post I've linked to in this post um, about avoiding the futility of suggestion boxes. And you can find a link to that in the blog post or um, look for a link to the blog post in the show notes. You, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio 324. But back to the fireside chat, absent the fire. Katie asked another follow-up question. So how, do you, how did you start fostering that environment that made it okay to share maybe the imperfections or the challenges, the mistakes? Larry replied, well, I think it's largely about how you deal with bad news, right? I can encourage all of you to come to me if we were working together. I want to hear the bad news. I want to hear it fast. But he then said, you know, Larry realizes that saying that, saying I want to hear the bad news fast, doesn't mean it's automatically going to happen. But somebody inevitably will be brave enough to test the waters to see if it's really safe and if he walks the talk. Larry said, but, you know, a week or two will pass, somebody will have some issue, and that'll be the moment of truth. Do you shoot the messenger, or do you listen even if you're unhappy? End of quote. A moment of truth indeed. Larry saw the opportunity to change the culture at GE, where, as he recalled, that there, there was a perception that messengers were shot. If the leader can react to problems or other bad news well, Larry says, And do you then go into problem-solving mode, both to contain the problem and to deal with the root cause? That's a lot easier said than done, end of quote. Well, you can't get into problem-solving mode if you don't make it safe for people to speak up. Larry recalled the situation as he said, I had a sense there was bad news brewing. I could see somebody almost trembling. And we had a great conversation. He had the confidence, the fortitude, the trust to bring it forward. We had a really good discussion about it, painful for all of us. We ultimately, I think, dealt with the issue, but it was the beginning for us, at least for the broader team, to see that I could walk the talk. I could handle bad news. I would not shoot messengers, end of quote. So again, somebody was willing to test the psychological safety of the situation, even though Larry didn't use that exact phrase. I, I, I think that's clearly what he's talking about. That somebody speaking up was rewarded by Larry as the leader. Again, he could walk the talk. He could handle bad news. He would not shoot messengers. So I'm going to write a separate blog post about this in the future, I think. But I'm going to invite you to take a moment to reflect on all of the, quote unquote, lean tools or methods from Toyota that would not work without psychological safety or a high enough level of psychological safety. If you don't have the safety to acknowledge the real reality, if you don't have the safety to point out problems. Toyota explicitly talks about building psychological safety, as I wrote about recently, and I talked about it in an episode of of Lean Blog Audio. Um, Gosh, I don't have the number handy, but if you scroll back in recent recent episodes, you will find it. But, you know, kind of wrapping up this this post, um, Larry said they haven't completely turned that culture at GE. I would add Culture change takes time. It's changing. It's not like flipping a light switch. Larry said, I'm not sure we ever necessarily achieved perfection in that regard at Danaher. But creating the culture, I would add, goes beyond the CEO. As Larry said, any of us, again, it's not a CEO thing, 
any of us have the opportunity to create that environment where people want to bring forward an issue and know they're going to get help. They won't be chastised. So how powerful would this culture be in your organization, whether it's in healthcare or a software company, another manufacturing company, wherever? How helpful would it be and how can we create more of this? I'd love to hear what you think. You can add a comment to the blog post by going to leanblog.org audio 324. Thanks for listening.